0: Hey there. You ever want to start a fire and you have two sticks? What do you do? You rub them together. You create friction, right? Welcome to Clienting. Well, hey, everybody. It's your old pal Grant Sanders here at Sand and at the Clienting Podcast. The podcast for anyone who wants to understand the creative process better, know how to work with creative people, and contribute to making the work better. And today we're gonna talk about friction, right? We're gonna talk about tension, negativity. Um, You know, friction, tension, negativity, they've all gotten a bad rap, right? And a lot of folks on the client side try to remove as much friction or tension or negativity from the work as they can, because they think it's bad. It's bad to be negative, right? It's bad to have friction or tension. Well, not necessarily, and we'll talk about that, right? Um, You know, like I said in the intro, when you want to start a fire, you got to, you know, you have to scratch a match on some sandpaper. You have to strike steel and flint. You have to rub two sticks together. You need to use friction in some way to make that fire happen. And creativity is like starting a fire. It's like getting a fire going, you know, you need the friction. The friction is an integral part of the process right? Of creating fire. And, you know, creativity relies on friction or tension or negativity in many ways, right? I I challenge anyone to come up with a example of a creative piece of work that doesn't have some friction in it, right? What would the grapes of wrath be without the dust bowl? There's no story there, right? There's no, you, 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 there's no narrative arc, Um, involved if you take the Dust Bowl out of the Grapes of Wrath. What is the Wizard of Oz without uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, right? You need that, that antagonist. You need that negative aspect of the story in order to create tension and friction for the heroes to overcome and win in the end, right? What would Die Hard be without Hans Gruber, right? It would just be a story of a guy that flew to Los Angeles to see his estranged wife on Christmas Eve. Not a very good story, really, if you think about it. Not a really great story. And, you know, comedians will tell you that you need friction in comedy to make comedy work, right? Even those comedians that don't do anything, you know, ridiculously sexual or gross or anything like that. Even comedians that like, like Jerry Seinfeld rely on creating some friction in everyday situations in order to make something funny, right? You set the friction up, you set the tension up, and then you knock it down with the punchline. And, you know, that's the thing about telling a joke. People laugh at jokes because they're unexpected because of the setup. Because of the way that friction gets knocked down or the solution comes out of left field, right? Um, There's surprise in it. It's surprising how some comedians overcome the tension in their routine. Um, But that's just comedy. You know, there's lots of other examples. And just talking about narrative in general, when you go against the grain, it's good for storytelling, right? You go against the grain, you create a tense situation, you are setting up the arc to resolve in the way that it was intended to resolve. You need to have friction in order to tell a good story. And not only that, but solving for friction, for tension, is super memorable because, as we'll talk about a little later in the podcast, negative things tend to be more memorable than positive things. All right. So before we talk about Injecting tension or friction into the work. Let's just talk about how friction exists in the process, right? Um, Let's say you have a creative team, art directors or digital people or copywriters, and they're all working on solving a problem. First of all, there's a problem to be solved, right? There is a challenge in the creative brief. There's your tension right there. That's part of the process. A creative brief without a challenge to overcome, without a question to answer, really isn't much of a creative brief. Uh, Sometimes it really helps when you're writing a creative brief to get your arms around the problem. What is the tension that we're trying to resolve? What is the friction we're trying to use to get people to buy or change their behavior in some way? I'll give you a really good example. Um, When... We were working for the Girl Scouts of America in the state of Connecticut. We did some research and we found that this was, um, you know, four years ago or five years ago. And at the time, the president of the United States was someone who had created things, created a little tension around being a woman in the United States. Right. Being a woman was harder because of the way the. Political party was trying to knock down reproductive rights, right? Was trying to make it harder for women to live, you know, make it harder for women in general, right? And so we use that tension in the creative brief to say, okay, if, if this is the context in which the Girl Scouts of America are looking for volunteers, then maybe we should position the Girl Scouts as a way to volunteer to change the future for women, right? We used that tension, that friction. And it was, it was very tense, if you will remember, um, in the creative brief. And so, you know, the process is, is one where there is always friction. There's friction in the creative team that's coming up with the ideas. Like I said, there's tension in the brief, but there's also tension in the relationship between creative practitioners, whether they're art directors or designers or copywriters or digital people, or, you know, production people, there's always tension to make the work better in some way. There's always tension to take someone's idea and soften it up so that it can be made better, right? So if I'm working with a art director, some of my favorite art directors are the ones that take the piss out of my ideas, but then also make them better, right? They say, well, that is an awful idea, but if it would, if we could do X or Y or Z, we could, we can make it even better, you know? And I'm the first person to come up with a crappy idea in order to help somebody else uh, see a better way, you know? I'll be the first person to say, here's a really shitty idea, maybe we can make it better, right? And creative partners that give each other a hard time, that create a little tension, a little friction, they're the ones that end up making great work. They don't let the tension spoil the relationship. They don't beat each other up in a personal way, but they definitely create tension around the work in order to make the work better. And it's, and it's not just creative people either, folks. It's account service and creative people. There is a healthy tension between account service and creative people. And as you know, account service people usually have the client's needs, political situation in mind. And creative people usually have the work in mind, the target audience in mind. And so when you can create tension uh, in a situation between creative and account people, that just naturally happens, you know, and as long as they can make it about the work, as long as they can make it about making the work better or more effective or getting it out into the marketplace more easily, then there's something good there. Sometimes account service people and creative people take it a little too far. And you know, I, can, I can tell you from personal experience, having had two partners that used to scream at each other back in the day, um, I was the young partner and my, I was in my late 20s and my two partners were in their 40s and 50s. And um, they used to really go at it. Um, they were always, you know, good natured about it, but they would give each other a very hard time about the work because one was the art director and the other one was the account supervisor. And uh, they had two different goals sometimes and they would find that friction point and sometimes things would come to a head. But they were always good to each other. It was always hard on the work. So, you know, if, as long as the agency is good to one another and hard on the work, then, then good things happen, right? Friction pays off. When you are crappy to one another, however, that's, that's never a good thing. And it always spills over into, um, into the client relationship too, because sometimes there have been times when I have heard creative directors say to the account service people, say the creative director is more senior than the account person say, um, you know, take these ideas to the client and don't come back until you sell them. Um, that that's never good. And that always spills over into the client-agency relationship. And there's friction between good clients and good creative people, good creative service firms. There's always friction um, and tension. And as long as it's about the work, it's okay. If it becomes about the relationship, that's much harder. If it becomes about money, you know, forget about it. It's it's all over or it's the beginning of the end. But um, when a creative service firm or creative people can interface with the client and the client and the creative service people can talk about the work in a critical way, they can make the work better if that's their goal, you know. Um, But I, you know, I've seen many, many somewhat heated discussions about the work. You are listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of the client-creative relationship. If you like clienting, please tell a friend and visit us at client-ing.com and review us on iTunes. Now back to our show. I've also seen really, really good positive discussions about the work where, you know, the creative service firm has come up with five different ideas and the client can't choose amongst the five ideas. They love them so much. That's not a bad situation either. I'm not saying that tension or friction has to always be in the mix when you're talking about clients and creative service firms. What I'm saying is that it's not always a bad thing, okay? It's not always a bad thing to have a little bit of friction, right? So let's talk about the work now, okay? Uh, Because we've talked about tension or friction in the relationship, but oftentimes, People will try to take the friction out of the work itself, out of the creative product itself, and that's not always the right way to go. Okay, I'll I'll give you a good example that just happened this week. Okay, I was working on a campaign, a little public service campaign. I was trying to sell to one of the local organizations here, and I'm not going to name who they are because that doesn't really doesn't really make the story any better or worse if if you know who they are but it was a campaign to remind people to pick up after their dog okay now this organization had a lot of walking trails where dog owners would let their dogs poop all over the place and never pick it up and they had signs everywhere too please pick up after your dog right the problem is is the sign that says please pick up after your dog sends the message in a very nice and kind way that it's okay to not pick up after your dog because they're making a request. They're not saying you must pick up after your dog and they're not saying you're a jerk if you don't pick up after your dog. It says, oh, please, please pick up after your dog. If you forget a dog bag, you know, no problem. Don't worry about it. That's what a please pick up after your dog sign does. It basically gives people the right to not pick up after your dog because they make it a, an optional request. So what I I did was I came up with a bunch of ideas for signs, for social media, for videos, that basically explained to people how much of a jerk they are for not cleaning up after their dog, for not picking up their dog's poop, right? And the client could not get behind these ideas because they shamed people who were dog owners, right? forget about the fact that this campaign really helped those of us who do clean up after their dog feel good about themselves. Um, They didn't like the idea of shaming dog owners that didn't clean up after their dog. Now, frankly, creating that tension, creating that friction is a good thing for the creative because it makes it so memorable. It makes it so fun to read. It makes it so that the People who are on social media or opening up the newspaper or looking at videos online are just waiting for the next piece of creative to come up because they're fun, right? So, you know, long story short, the client did not feel comfortable running this creative because it was, it had friction in it. It had tension in it. It had negativity in it. And frankly, I don't think that they're going to solve their dog poop problem without calling a spade a spade without going out and and telling people, "Hey, you're not being a good citizen if you don't clean up your dog after your dog," right? So, I'm probably going to run this campaign myself. I'm going to run it. I'm going to try to get sponsors and we'll we'll see. We'll see if we can uh, make some change. I understand where this client's coming from. I know they don't want to make waves. I know that politically they're not the kind of client that can afford to be criticized in the press, right? So I get where they're coming from. And they're good people. They they do a good job and, and they they're they're fine folks to work with and I've worked with them in the past. But this campaign needs to see the light of day because I don't see any other way to get people to clean up after the dog unless unless they know that others are watching and that we are that we are sick and tired of having to step around what their dog leaves on the walking trails right? It's just a good example to show that tension has its place, right? Tension works. Tension is memorable. Um, Luke Sullivan, who is the author of the book, Hey Whipple Squeeze This, he's kind of a creative guru of our generation. Um, And he talks about tension in, in creativity as something that's really, really critical to storytelling, right? And the example he uses is um he says you know you're driving down the road and you see two cars parked by the side of the road and you don't think anything of it it's just an ordinary day two cars are parked by the side of the road there's nothing there's no story being told there but now imagine if one of those cars had flashing lights on top of it suddenly you're rubbernecking suddenly there's a story there suddenly you want to know what's going on there's interest there's tension the tension is what creates the desire to know more. If we remove the tension from the creative product, we often eliminate the audience's desire to know more, to to follow the story, to memorize what's going on, to remember it the next day. Taking tension out of the creative product is like saying, please pick up after your dog, right? There's, There's no tension there, so there's no action on the part of the offender. And, you know, some clients seek to remove anything that's negative, anything that smacks of tension or friction from the creative product. And I understand why. There are good political reasons to not want to make waves. I understand why my client didn't want to run this ad campaign, right? It makes perfect sense. Um, and and maybe there's a way around that. You know, sometimes the best way around that is to is to, and I hate to say this because creative people hate it when we test creative product, but sometimes the best way to get around that is to run the ads and see how they work. You know, see if there's negative backlash, see if there is a positive bottom line result to these ads. Um, And that's, you know, that's what I'm going to do with the dog poop campaign. I'm going to run those ads, right? So, you know, if you're a client and you're Reaction to creative work that's negative is to say that's too negative for us to run. Just remember one thing, okay? It is a well-known mental heuristic that negativity is more memorable than positive things, okay? Um, And I'll give you a really great example if you are a Red Sox fan. If you're a Red Sox fan, you know the name of the guy who was playing first base during the World Series and the ball was hit toward him and he bent over and he let the ball go through his legs and the Mets won the World Series, right? The Red Sox lost, the Mets won. You know the name of the guy, right? Any Red Sox fan knows the name Bill Buckner. Now, Bill Buckner was a great ball player, right? No, nobody knows that he played in four decades of baseball, right? He was a fantastic baseball player. Amazing, amazing contribution to the sport. But the one thing that he's remembered for is that one bad play. I wish I could wipe it from everybody's memory, but it's impossible. Conversely, most people don't remember who hit the winning run when the Red Sox did win the World Series, right? Even a, a diehard Red Sox fan doesn't remember who scored the winning run to win game seven of the World Series. And what was it? 2003 or something like that so you know i don't even remember the date of the world series when they won and i was watching because i was a red sox fan but i don't remember who hit that game winning run but i'll never forget bill buckner god rest his soul what a great great baseball player a good guy and you know sorry bill sorry bill's family that you have to be remembered that way. But that's what our brains do. They remember the negative things and they forget the positive things, right? They remember the tension, the friction. They forget the positive things. So any client that really wants to remove negativity or friction or tension from the work should think twice. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, that's all I have to say about tension, about friction, about negativity. I hope you have gotten something good out of this discussion, please send an email or drop me a text or find me on social media. If you have any feedback for us, we love feedback. We love it. And, uh, you know, we might turn an entire podcast episode into a feedback episode. That might be good. Anyway, uh, this is your old pal, Grant Sanders. And until next time, be well. You've been listening to Clienting, the podcast for anyone who wants to improve the state of client-creative relationships. For more, visit us at client-ing.com and sign up to receive helpful info about making the work better. That's the goal, better work. The Clienting podcast was produced by Ray McSriff with help from Scott Dork and edited by Bobson Dugnut and Willie Dustus. Technical support by Mike Truck. Music by Anatoly Smorin. Creative support from Sonny Sanders and Tony Smerrick Special thanks to Anson Sweeney and Kevin Nogilny. And the amazing Lisa Furland. This is your host, Grant Sanders. See you next time.